Imagine if you could take what you do right now and just get 1% better tomorrow. It might be as simple as 1% better by having a more efficient spreadsheet. <laughs> might be 1% better by having your meetings last five minutes less than they do today. But it's 1% better. It's just that little bit better than what you're doing today. And then the following day, you have 1% better again and 1% better again. What are you doing in your organization that's leading to that incremental change? And what would it mean to you if you could compound that improvement? Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organisation for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of the Helping You Perform podcast series. In episode 9, I covered off areas of teamwork, bringing in examples from the pit stop and how teams get together to work as a team and deliver as a team consistently to achieve the results they're trying to drive. In today's episode, I want to cover off improvement. What does improvement mean and what should you be doing in your organization that helps you to get better at what you do? Now, improvement comes in many different guises and there's lots of jargon around it. There's things like Six Sigma, continuous improvement, incremental change, all sorts of things that ultimately just mean you get better at what you do. Now, there are two types of, achieve, of improvement that I want to talk about today. One of them is that incremental change. So that's that small changes that build on each other to get better and better each day, the one percenters. And the other one is what we call step change, which is where you maybe have a big initiative, you invest in something. It's a big change, but it ha is having a big impact on your performance. So if we talk to that example first, one of the great examples of step change in the world of F1 was something called the F duct. Now, this is something that came about by interpreting the rules around the rear wing of the car. Now, one engineer was reading those rules and thought, well, it says about the rear wing that it's not allowed to be movable. And the purpose of a rear wing, one of its key purposes, is to produce downforce to push the car onto the track. That really helps during the corners, but actually you want to minimise downforce during uh, the straights. You want to be able to cut through the air quicker. So having a, to those two different dynamics in play meant that you had to come to a, a sort of compromise in the middle, depending on whether or not your track that was in front of you those days was particularly bendy or had lots more straights. So what this engineer did was think about this laterally and thought, it says I'm not allowed a, a movable rear wing. What if I keep the rear wing static as it is, but I move the way in which the air flows over it. And the way that I can do that is to have a duct. So an air duct that takes in air from the front of the car and is goes all the way around to the back of the car and, and uh, sort of blows air over the um, rear wing. 
and that wasn't movable, so it's well within the, the regulations. And I can get the driver to control it simply by having a hole next to his elbow. And if he covers the hole, the air flows one way and it all goes all the way over to the back wing, uh, the rear wing, sorry. And if I remove my elbow, that air starts to come into the cockpit and actually cools the, the driver down as well, has all sorts of advantages. Now, this is what's called a step change. It has a huge impact in, on the performance that you are looking to do because suddenly that car was driving in the straights as if it was set up for uh, straight line driving and in the corners it had loads more downforce. So all the competitors were thinking, how the hell is McLaren doing this? What are they doing? And it was a big secret because quite often in that world, you're not allowed any um, uh, sort of trademarks or, or copyrights and things like that. You All of the technology is there for everyone to see. So you have to hide what you're doing in some ways. You've got to be really uh, careful about how you um, let your competition know what's happening. And so for half of the season, McLaren were streets ahead of the competition because they had this competitive advantage. And like in a lot of cases, uh, firstly, the competition managed to find out and reverse engineer what was going on, but they also talked to the regulatory body and said, this isn't fair. So the rules got changed as well. And it, these days it's called DRS, where you're actually allowed to move that front wing at certain times in the race as well. So the rules changed around them, but during that time, they had such an advantage that that step change and improvement was valuable to them. Now that is different to incremental change, which is the small day on day, week by week design tweaks that allow you to make little changes that are best for that individual area of the, um, of the car or to bring the whole thing together that optimizes it. So it might be a small change in the desire of the uh, design, sorry, of the wing or the aerodynamics. It might be a small change in the powertrain so that you just get in constantly just that little bit better. Now, interestingly, these forms of improvement, if you think about step change or incremental change, the things that companies that I've worked with certainly seem to be most interested in is investing in those big changes, those step, step change improvements that can be there. Now, they can be really good and really valuable, but let me throw some numbers at you. If you start your season with a performance of one, whatever that performance might be, you've got a performance of one. That season for you might be your financial year, it might be a month, whatever it is for you. Now, if you were to have a step change improvement of 50%, so you're gonna uplift your performance by 50%, by the end of that season, by the end of that month or year, whatever it is for you, you'll have a performance of 1.5. Brilliant, you've made a huge impact You've had some advantage, but you've probably had to invest heavily in that in terms of time, resource, and probably a lot of money. But they're the most attractive changes. Now, think about it in terms of incremental change, those one percenters. If I was to get one percent better tomorrow than I was today, so I start off at one and I get one percent better tomorrow, and then I get one percent better the following day and the following day, and the following day. Those have a compounding effect. So what you end up with is one to the power of 365 over a year. And that, if my math is correct, and I'm just looking down here, is 37.8. So instead of 1.5 performance, you've got 37.8. 
Just put simply like that, which one would you prefer? But most of the time in large organizations, small organizations even, we're looking for that big change that's gonna make a step improvement. They can be really good for the organization. It might be the right way to go, but don't underestimate the power of incremental change. So what does that mean in your organization? Imagine if you could take what you do right now and just get 1% better tomorrow. It might be as simple as 1% better by having a more efficient spreadsheet. It might be 1% better by having your meetings last five minutes less than they do today. But it's 1% better. It's just that little bit better than what you're doing today. And then the following day, you have 1% better again and 1% better again. What are you doing in your organization that's leading to that incremental change? And what would it mean to you if you could compound that improvement and instead of getting that 1.5 performance at the end of the year, you got this 37.8. So my challenge to you this week is to go off and think about what are the incremental changes that are happening in your organization? Also think about the big step changes as well. Are those step changes the right things for your organization? Could you be achieving similar or better results by just having small changes in place? Now, I'm not saying step changes don't have their place. They certainly do. But don't lose track of the incremental change. This is how large organizations uh, and teams like McLaren get to where they are in terms of improvement. They don't lose track of the day to day. And they also don't lose track of the basics because the basics are your foundation on which you build. And if you don't have an understanding of where your current performance is, you don't know where to build off. And you don't know, you can't track whether or not you're getting better and better. So as always, if you want to talk about this and what it means to your organization, you want to get in touch with me and talk about incremental improvement or potential step change improvement for you, then go to my website at paulteasdale.co.uk. You'll see the uh, one of the buttons there. You'll have a pop-up message about booking a free 30-minute, no obligation, no sales conversation with me, where I'll talk about just what value can I bring to your organization and for you and your team. In the next few episodes, we're going to be covering off all sorts of different uh, topics as well. If you've got anything that you'd like me to cover off in particular, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear what your challenges are and what lessons you want to take from the world of F1 and apply to accelerate your performance. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share, or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.